Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Getting drunk at dinner is so 2010. Some of the area's most buzzworthy bars are now focused on drinks that won't get you buzzed. That includes Elmwood. Rising food scene stars Chris Kelling and Adam Altnether opened their hotspot in Maplewood one year ago with a roster of booze-free cocktails just as interesting and complex as their liquor-fueled cousins. They're also serving drinks they call low ABV, offering a taste of spirits without condemning you to a raging headache the next morning. Joining us today to talk about the low and no-proof drink revolution is Dave Gretemann. He's a longtime local bartender and the beverage director at Elmwood. Dave Gretemann, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Sarah. So, Dave, at Elmwood, you don't call the non-alcoholic cocktails mocktails. Why is that? This has been something that Chris and I have talked about since the beginning, and I feel that there's this, um, not necessarily a stigma, but there's a sense of... um, trepidation when it comes to going out and ordering something without alcohol. Um, I feel like there's a a worry that you're going to get something that's just an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as a result, things like mocktails become kind of a joke. Mm-hmm. This idea of, yeah, we're just going to give you two different juices. Right, essentially together. the kitchen sink and then here. Yeah. Enjoy. And so by calling these instead um, no ABV or low ABV, the idea is you want people to take them seriously? To use new terminology or terminology that's not familiar with diners or people just going out for drinks is that they feel like they are all part of this uh, cocktail culture. Um, I, I also think that it's very important to understand that there are interesting ideas with within the realm of zero proof and low proof. Um, it also encourages people to be better at what they do in their craft. Because you have to be better in order to, to make it work without the booze? I think there's a difference between how you build a cocktail with full proof uh, as opposed to low proof or zero proof. It just allows the person making cocktails to have a deeper understanding of how flavors work together. And it feels like historically the mocktail was just always so sugary sweet. And some of these drinks that you're doing and the drinks that um, similar sort of high-end smart restaurants are now doing, they're not like that at all. In fact, they even have this this feeling in the mouth that feels kind of complex and almost effervescent the way an alcoholic drink can. Of course. How are you achieving that? There's a few different ways. Uh, you can you use carbonation uh, as your friend. You can, especially with low proof cocktails, there is that ability to mimic palate weight, which I really like that you pointed out because that's definitely something that guests look for when they're having a cocktail. There's the idea that just because it might not have alcohol in it, does it need extra sugar? The answer is usually no, because just because someone doesn't want to have alcohol doesn't mean they need excessive sugar levels. So I know that you are prepared here today to mix us a no ABV. And for our listeners, what is the ABV? um, Alcohol by volume. Okay. So this is uh, basically a drink that has no alcohol in it. Yes. Though a very fun fact uh, there is a little bit of alcohol in bananas and most fruits if you allow for a little bit of fermentation. But bananas are definitely higher on the list. So this is a drink that has banana in it but doesn't have booze. 
Bonobos. T- so tell us a little bit about the components, and, and then I'd love to see you of mix course. it up. Of course. So we have a, a syrup that is made with a combination of some grilled pineapple that we get a nice char on with our Jasper oven and some very ripe bananas. It allows for that level of sweetness to be comfortable without being excessive so that we don't have to add additional sugar. Some black peppercorns and some bay leaves that just get a little bit of toast right before they get tossed into the uh, syrup. And then there's about about a 30 minute simmer and it brings all those flavors together. Okay, and so that it's sort of a syrup. It's Yes, so it's very similar to what most people would know as simple syrup. Uh, the only difference is that there is some white sugar in it just to preserve the flavors that are in the actual syrup. And you're sort of squeezing a lemon here into that syrup then? Yeah, there's, there's a uh, not necessarily a hard and fast rule, but it's about a half ounce to a three quarters of an ounce for each half of a lemon. And now you've shaken together ice and the lemon and, and the, the syrup. syrup. Yes. And then that will all go over some more ice in a rocks glass. Mm, I can smell it now. It's got this nice sort of citrusy smell coming off that cocktail shaker. Yeah, that's a that's a definite uh, that's a definite important aspect of all drinks in general, but especially something that doesn't have any alcohol because you do want. You want the cocktail to be enticing. It it might look pretty in the glass, but you want it to be inviting in all for all the senses. Okay. And so then you've poured some soda water over the top of it. Just a little bit of soda water. Okay. The effervescence brings out more flavor, especially on the palate. This is a beautiful little glass here. I feel like if I was sitting at a bar and handed this glass, I would be very happy. The only thing that we're missing is the the very chilled glass, which we... We usually serve it in. It's the one problem of serving a drink in a studio. And that is, I mean, that's a great drink right there. If I didn't know any better, I might assume there was alcohol in that, which I mean as a high compliment. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you it's, ever have people where they order this drink and they're like, oh, no, I, I wanted the mocktail? Yeah, definitely. There's uh, we've, we've tried to keep uh, a rotation in the zero-proof category. And um, this has always been something that's been incredibly popular with guests. And it's a versatile drink. Mm -hmm. You can add alcohol if you do want maybe one drink. But on its own, it does have enough complexity, too. Now, this is a zero ABV um, drink. You're also doing these low ABV drinks. Tell me a bit about the thinking behind that. So a a lot of what is known today in the low proof category usually extends to looking at cocktails almost backwards. There are things like reverse proportions. So if you were to say, I want a Manhattan, but I don't want as much booze, you would just flip the ratio. So you would have the two to one being two parts vermouth and then one part whiskey. That's a really great place to start. But if you want to keep things in check, like palate weight, you have to approach it with a myriad of builds that aren't just as simple as two to one. You can't just suddenly increase the amount of vermouth without changing how the whole thing tastes. Of course. There's resi- residual sugar in a lot of those things, uh, whether it's vermouth, aperitif wines that 
have things like quinine, which allow for bitterness, but still have that amount of sugar being a fortified wine product. So there is this interplay between all of your ingredients that you definitely have to be mindful of. And what are you aiming for in terms of the amount of alcohol in a low ABV cocktail? It varies. Uh, there's a, there isn't any real number that you're aiming for. I think it's just you, the presence of alcohol on the palate is something that can be a little mysterious. It seems like this is boozier when it could be actually less boozy and then vice versa. So when figuring out the final cocktail composition, it's just one of those things that you'll know. You kind of know it when you taste yeah. it. This is what you want. Yeah. Is the idea that it's probably less than half of the, the booze in a normal cocktail? I or? would say at least at least less than half. So the dilution rate that you usually find with cocktails of foolproof category, you, most people would be surprised how, how much the actual ABV goes down once you shake out a cocktail or stir out a cocktail for that matter. Um, there's about, I would say, less... I would say low 30s uh, ABV-wise for a foolproof cocktail. So you're looking at high teens, maybe low 20s for a low-proof cocktail. Okay. And who do you see ordering these? Are these people who are they're doing the dry January but not going all the way? Or they're alternating this with a foolproof cocktail just to pace themselves? You'd, you'd be surprised. There's many, many, many different guests that come in. There's the people that have had... A few drinks and they know that they're going to be driving they still have a little bit of dinner they've enjoyed the cocktails but they want a little bit more there are guests that want just to experience a cocktail that for all intents and purposes is what they're looking for but is almost as if it's this trick not in a bad way but it's again getting out of your comfort zone seeing what the bartender can do within that that realm where it allows the bartender to be creative and it allows the guests to understand nuance of flavors within a cocktail. So you've been a bartender for a long time at some of the top spots in town. I know you were at Taste mm -hmm. um, before this, which is really known for just having some of the very best cocktails in town and, you know, Sasha's great wine bar. Do you find there's a difference in the bar where there's maybe a more sober component at Elmwood, where people are there and, and they're maybe um, just not getting sloshed? It's been really interesting to see the level of comfortability when a guest sees that there are options on the menu because there's no limit to what we can do. So there are a few options on the menu. And when a guest knows that we can you know, ex extend the amount of options to double or more, it allows for them to be at home in that situation. Uh, there are people that feel like they're being, they're putting the bartender out for for asking such a simple request of, I would like a drink that's interesting. I would like a drink that doesn't have any alcohol. Mm -hmm. And it's very, very great to see that thankful energy and dynamic because they're interested and happy that we are offering such a such an option. 
So one thing I did notice about your cocktail menu is that you haven't given your drinks funny names. I feel like this is such a trend, not just in St. Louis, but everywhere. People are just making their names more and more random. Mm -hmm. And you're just kind of simply listing your ingredients. So, so I, I have to, this is a nod to Chris Kelly. He and I have talked so many times about how naming cocktails is the most frustrating part. <laughs> I would love if it was super easy and guests will offer n names for cocktails or always ask, well, what? It's just this very simple. It is very straightforward, but it does, it just helps keep everything a little bit m simple and to the point. But It's just hard to come up with a good name, it sounds like yeah, you're Yeah, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't w like the name that you've chosen. So then it's this back and forth about, well, maybe we should use this name. It's like, well, we've already done all the hard work, so let's just keep it real easy and simple and straightforward. So you're focused on the drinks, not on naming For the sure. drinks. So this trend of the low and no ABV cocktails, it feels like it's been brewing for a couple years out on the coast. It's finally hitting it in St. Louis, thanks to places like Elmwood. What do you forecast as the next drinking trend? That's always one of the things that's so difficult to pinpoint. And, you know, you'll th see things like rum, I think rums become very popular uh, in St. Louis, and I love that. People I, are now taking it seriously. It's not just yeah, Captain Morgan and Coke. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of expression in rum, and I think that people, even including myself, who had a very very small view of what rum is, but now knows what rum can be, but. Things like what we are doing right now is always something that I've been interested in, and I hope that it just gains more steam. And in doing that, it means more people making more cocktails that showcase ingredients that aren't just whiskey, gin. And trust me, I love all of those things as well, but there's so many different products that people don't get to experience because... Sometimes they're expensive, sometimes there's just not the right amount of education about them, and this is the least that we can do behind the bar to let others know about ingredients like this. Well, Dave Gretemann, Beverage Director of Elmwood, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.